Welcome back to Beyond Sermons, where we seek Jesus Christ beyond the pulpit. One of the things when it comes, when a young earth creationist deal with when it comes to dating things is catastrophic events. Young earth creationists tend to believe that a catastrophic event may have reset a lot of, you know, a lot of the earth's atmospheres and so forth. And that could be some sort of a hindrance to things that were dated maybe millions upon billions of years old. Yeah. Right. So uh, that catastrophic event is detailed in the book of Genesis, the flood, Noah's Ark. I mean, first of all, this is a game changer to, you know, science. If they were to believe that this event occurred, why do you believe it? Why do you believe the flood occurred? And, you know, outside of just the Bible. Well, that's that's the hook, isn't I it? I mean, outside the Bible, Bible. The, the Bible, yeah, the Bible is, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's a big book, you know, yeah, or a collection well, of books. Yes. But yeah, outside of that, well, you know, where's there evidence to you that the Earth was flooded? Well, this doesn't have to do directly with my belief that it has uh, a correlation with the. Noah's flood. We'll call it Noah's flood. But one of the things that um, archaeologists and historians have been finding is that there is a flood story in many different cultures throughout the earth. Okay. And the fact that that is there just reassures me that the biblical account is probably accurate. Okay. Uh because we're talking about spiritual things, whether we say these are spiritual things or not, a lot of them do have to do with spiritual things in regards to Scripture. Uh, they also have to do with spiritual things in other cultures, too. That's kind of the point, is that uh, these spiritual things are considered very important and very strong in their belief system. And if they mention anything about a flood at all, uh, I'm not going to say necessarily that theirs is not right uh, and ours is for sure, for sure right. Mm -hmm. But I can say that any mention by another group of people other than Christians or Judeo Muslims actually believe in the the ark and creation and all okay. this stuff as well. Okay. Um, so there's a large, large population that believe. I think I remember in hearing about land. Native Indians. Uh, they have a flood story as well, too. Right. And yeah. and if the flood were correct, that leads to so many things that would lend themselves to the accuracy. Uh, and consistency of us having a flood discussion. So speaking of a flood discussion then, I mean, let's have that. I mean, how in the world can the earth can be flooded? I mean, there's a limited supply of water. Why aren't we experiencing near flood-like, you know, situations today? I mean, you have clouds that rain. I mean, yeah. the earth is 75% of mm -hmm. water. How does that change from 75% of yeah. the earth's surface is water to 100% of the earth yeah. is water? I mean, well, that's a good way of putting it. That's interesting the way you just put that. Well, Going yeah. from 70% to 100%. Yeah, I mean, and then on top of it, probably even 110% because you got these mountain peaks and stuff, right? Like, I mean, what was... Yeah. Like, I mean, seriously, how would you explain to me, all right, that the earth could have been flooded with a limited supply of water? 
Um, okay. First off, the thing that strikes me, I love the way that you put it. Very, very succinct uh, about the percentage of water going from 70% coverage to 100% coverage. Because that, that would be necessary for Noah's Ark story, Noah's flood story to be accurate. Sure. So I love the way you put that. Oh, thank you. Hey, I understood that. Thank I'm you. pretty dull, you know. So, <laughs> no, not, not at all. Not at all, man. <laughs> but, this, uh, but those proportions are extremely important, the okay. way you stated them. It, it is... Uh, Okay, so we're going to call the other cultures in any statement at all about a flood. Let's call it confirming of a flood. That's the big problem to begin with, you know. All right. So we have to we have to perceive that there was a world worldwide cataclysmic total flood. All right. Well, the reason for that is given by God in the story of Noah and his sons and all that happened. And the specifics of this event are a couple of things that you've touched on. One of them is, how does this all happen? So let me try. Do me a favor, Chris. Stop me. Because in order to try to cover this, I might go zinging through it a little faster than I should. All right. Um, well, let's start off with this. Where did the extra water come from? Uh, it, there's no extra water. It's okay. just water of the earth. Okay, uh, most of it was under the earth. And wait, hold up, under the earth, like is Well, there, it, gee whiz, shucks. I, no, I mean the earth is like molten lava and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Okay, and water is down there too. Isn't it? I'm asking. Okay, where's the water from Old Faithful come from? All right, that's a good point. Yeah, 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 yeah guys. All right, okay, I, I think I'm starting to follow you. Okay, All one right. of, one of the things that fascinates me is when we go up to visit my my daughter and her family up in in uh, Tennessee. Yeah, shout out to your family. All yeah, right. yeah. Hi. Uh, <laughs> the um, the the distance between uh, Chattanooga on I-75 and Knoxville goes through several hilly they're like they're more like foothills to the mountains than okay. than anything it's yeah. pretty you know and when you start to come up on the mountains you can tell you're in foothills not the mountains because no, they're, they're, they're different <laughs> you're not just you're not going to take us on a full road trip now are you no okay uh what's interesting to me because i have a civil engineering background okay uh so i'm interested in pavement and drainage and right. stuff that absolutely doesn't interest anybody else yeah uh, even though i was a general contractor uh i did have the training in in civil engineering well the pavement has a heck of a time surviving when there's water under it mm -hmm. so it crumbles because of the deflection of these heavy loads on an asphalt surface. Now, this is related to the Genesis flood, right? Well, you asked me where the water comes from. Okay. It has directly to do with that. Okay. Well, there's so many springs coming up under the pavement in just that stretch of I-75. They have a hard time keeping it maintained to where there aren't chuck holes actually forming in the interstate because of this water mm. coming up from underneath. Right. And they go to great lengths to put down many inches of rock 
mm. below the pavement and then specialize pavement formulas to get it to hold together because they don't want to spend money on maintenance. Go figure. I mean, okay. we do the same thing with our homes. There's certain things we want to do with them to protect them from heavy maintenance that could have been avoided kind of thing. So as part of the flood, God caused uh, water to come out from under the earth to start exactly. flooding it. The, the and it wasn't just like clouds that... No, no. Uh, the, uh, the scripture describes that the majority, vast, vast majority of water came from under the ground, mm -hmm. that the earth split open and the fountains poured forth. Yeah. And if... If that be true, that means there were unknowable amounts of water under the earth before this all happened. Mm -hmm. um, so we only get some evidence through these springs that come up yeah. out of the ground or a geyser like Old Faithful yeah. is putting water in a highly heat situation in... Just like a tea kettle, it bursts its top okay. very regularly. Gotcha. So there has to be a large reservoir of water okay. under the earth. In I'm not saying everywhere, but yeah, uh, in some places we'd never guess about it. You know. Gotcha. Gotcha. So this starts to diminish the concern about it. But if you couple that with, it is possible in my mind from what I have read and studied. Uh, not as a geologist, I'm not a trained geologist, I'm just an average guy that has a lot of interest in creation yeah. and the opposing uh, insights to evolution. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't seem to marry up. This flood thing doesn't maybe have as much to do with evolution as what we would initially think. Yeah. Uh, but if you substitute the the flood event for a comet hitting the earth, yeah. uh, which has been publicized to all of us in junior high school and high yeah. school science. That, that's probably what did away with most of the yeah. animals. Well, okay, well, it could have been anything. That's the bottom line with this. It could have been a volcano out in Colorado. Yellowstone is on top of a very large cauldron, and the scientists know that there is a magma bed under there that if it decided to blow its top again, mm -hmm. it would take a quarter of the state of Colorado with it, probably. Yeah, so um, kind of getting back to the whole water thing, because I'm still trying to visualize going from the 70% yeah, to right, uh, 100%. Right. Okay. You know? All right, I'll get into I mean, it. Because Thank the you. thing Thank is, you. Um, okay. you have a majority of the water that's coming out from the ground. All right, yeah. I, I can kind of okay. see that okay. a little bit. All right, I'll There's get back. water, okay. you know, probably maybe rain and then i was also just kind of also exploring maybe some of the ice caps or something started melting and that may have caused okay. some more I, uh deposit of yes water, that's that's possible know? but i don't think there were any ice caps um before the flood um so <laughs> you know we get into something else uh, that's verifiable by animals that they do find in permafrost areas having tropical plants in their stomach so this is find out aboutable. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, I will challenge you to provide a reference for that. One. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, I'll we're talking. We're talking about how much water is on the earth right now. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I yeah, have to sure. zing ahead here, Chris. Sure. So, sure. No okay. Problem. Thank you for drawing me back into hey, subject back. matter. Welcome back. All right. Now, if <laughs> if the water is under the earth, it's ready to go for the flood. Da 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 da. Sure. Uh, 
the purpose for the flood was for God to destroy the world because he was sad that he had ever created it. And mankind was doing all kinds of nasty stuff. And some of the outcast angels were coming down and uh, having a party time with some of the ladies that they really liked. You know, human women, for for a great amount, uh, I'll just have to say, they're beautiful. Okay, so... (laughs) Yeah. You can't blame the angels we for probably should have saved that for party. the We probably should have saved this discussion for the dating method in our last episode. Amen, brother. All right? No. <laughs> no, but you know what, though? Um, for those who don't believe in the Bible, for those who don't take the Bible seriously, you yeah. know, why, why should they believe that a flood occurred? Um, you know what I mean? We talked about how there's guys Well, we, we do have now, to look at the physiology so of the earth, yes. Well, you know, I'm going to ask you a, a kind of interesting, maybe impossible tough question here. Um, did it rain before the uh, Noah flood? Uh, it may have a little bit. The the seventy thirty though. I got to finish that, Chris. That's where I need to sing ahead. Oh yeah. Okay. So what, if, we went if from the, seventy to ninety percent. Now yeah. We're getting to hundred percent. Okay. We got we we went to hundred percent. Hey, bring us home. Okay. Uh, water's ready to to gush forward. Yeah. You know, and uh, we got seventy percent coverage anyway. So okay. at least seventy percent. All right. Might have been more or less before the flood, but if the ocean didn't go down to if if you can see this, if it didn't go down to here and back up and only went to here and went back up and the land didn't go from here up to here, it only went up from here to here. So then the ocean basins were shallower. The earth was lower Okay, the, so the dry earth sections, and when the water broke loose, the ocean crushed because it was supported by the water. Okay, so basically, you're talking about the topology of the earth was much different than it was today. In other words, we had a lot less mountain ranges. Thank you. And then um, we also didn't have like 20,000 leagues under the sea back then. Right. That's what you're alluding right. to. So the earth was. Uh, flatter for the flat earthers out there. Yes. All right. Yes. So, um, no, Completely. The Bible, the Bible says the circle of the earth. We know that in the yeah. book of Isaiah, but whatever. Um, basically, um, Isaiah 40, 40, and for those who are really meticulous. And um, um, so basically you're talking about that the earth was different. The, there were a lot of oh, less yes. mountain ranges. Absolutely. There was uh, less, lower, less shallow oceans and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um well, this brings me up to another question. Was there well, any... let's let's finish that. Well, the the water comes up out from underneath the earth, yeah. and where's it going to go? It's going to cover that. Okay, sure. All right. So this starts all kinds of processes: the cracking of the earth and everything starts Pangea moving around, mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And and then when all of this movement and shifting and shaping, and I won't get into it because it's too deep. Too deep, get it? Oh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but as the as the plates collided, yeah, then we get high mountains. Okay, see, so everything we see is is much much different than what it was before the flood. So you're that's saying that? So hold on. So to be blunt, the Mount Everest that's a few thousand years old. Grand Canyon that's a few thousand years old. Sure. Andy's Mountain, three thousand years old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you if you go <laughs> you know, to the this top, is straight comedy, Dave. Yeah, I know. 
if you go to, uh, it's been reported that there are seashells on top of Mount Everest. So and we, they weren't we, left there by we we laugh about these things, okay? Uh, but yet we see physical evidences that would say that this is not a totally inaccurate and ridiculous way to look at it. I, yeah. I've done a lot of looking since I've got family that's up in Tennessee. I've done a lot of looking at aerial photography mm -hmm. of the geology of that area and the Appalachian Mountains and the Smokies are all to a great degree parallel. Well, how does this happen? I have even seen excavations for I-75 where there are straight lines that are vertical through the cut for about uh, between 100 and 150 feet. Yeah. Well, how do they get that way? Well, the crust has to actually break and tilt vertical yeah. for that to happen. In order for that to happen, it has to be semi-plastic. That means it has to be flexible. Mm -hmm. Well, all of these, all of this surface stuff is going crash, crash, crash. And the semi-plastic stuff starts trying to fold. Yeah. But it doesn't, and it makes these mountains that are all parallel because this is all happening at the same time. It's so visually obvious how this could have formed. And it it kind of involves a flood because the the length of these vertical strata weren't strata as vertical. They were strata as horizontal. Wow. <laughs> Okay. See, mm -hmm. it couldn't be vertical like that. There's no geological method for that. But at the end of where this vertical lining starts up, and there are repeated, repeated, repeated lines that go out through there, so this all had to happen fast. Yeah. At the end of that, the rock is actually waffling in this cup, and then it goes straight vertical, and you get to the other side, and there's a clean break. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to horizontal. And so, in summary, what is this evidence of? To me, it's evidence of the flood. But okay. all of this catastrophe that's happening is it's making the land surface scrunch together mm. in a semi-plastic method. It has to have a lot of water in it to be semi-plastic. So when you're talking about these mountain ranges and like volcanoes and stuff of that nature, you mm. know, we're talking about tectonic plates, right? I mean, yes, yes. Like, I mean... So, like, did we have seven continents back uh, in the Noah floods? Was everything just one um, continuous continent? Because they're they're beginning. You know, to there's some puzzle pieces with the oh, the, yes. the, the shape of yeah, uh, yeah. each continent here. I so. have to I have to admit I take reserve on some of the things that they're saying. Okay, and some of this looks just like trying to pacify the people that believe in a Pangea and then millions of years of Titanic plate movement and stuff. But Noah's flood matches this if you accelerate the rate of the plate travel because if it broke if this covering over all this water and stuff that was under the earth broke mm -hmm. then it's no longer one solid piece yeah and so they start traveling over the water and magma water that's still left under the earth mm -hmm. that we know is still under the earth there yeah. because we can see the springs and all this stuff all of this stuff breaks apart, and the new analogy is that 
Um, it the Titanic plates could have moved as fast as 15 miles an hour. Wow! During the flood, so that puts them under the water. Mm-hmm. So the witness of this is unavailable except to the whales and the dolphins and the sea urchins and all this kind of stuff because they weren't affected by the flood. That was their hometown. Now that 15 miles per hour, yeah, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some reference material on that one. I'd like to learn well, a I, little bit more about you know the tectonic yeah. plates. I want to understand that a little bit more because well, we don't see, see that type of speed movement today. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, by the time all this cracking, because there was a lot of magma also came about through the Earth's crust to do yeah. this, and they they there is a model that shows that the superheating of the ocean's waters. By superheating, you know, that could be as little as five degrees. But if you do that throughout the entire ocean, then all of a sudden there's more water vapor going mm-hmm. up. There's also this this cloud cover that is now up here, and it's cooling this, and it's coming down in precipitation as snow. So yeah. that would make an ice age Okay. that was never seen before. Got you. Mm, okay. All right. All right. So, um, well, we talked about the um, basically how you have the tectonic plates and the basically the the continent shifting apart. Mm-hmm. This is going to kind of lead into the next area of questions that I have, and it's regarding you know Noah's Ark, um, mm-hmm. and um, how is it possible, first of all, for Noah to basically get all these animals. I mean, obviously he built a huge, huge ark. He did, well, he spent like 120 years yeah. putting together. Yeah, he was you working could, at you it. Could, you could build a big, big boat in that <laughs> amount of time, right? Let's go to work. And, uh, whether you have the skill set or not, you can go to some sort of College of Eden and be able to learn how to build an ark really quickly, right? Yeah. Or yeah. within that time span. But the thing is, though, it was important that this ark is able to basically house the animals and so forth. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, I don't know where the Ark was located specifically, but I would imagine it's in some sort of geographic region. And let's say it's in a region where, you know, tropical animals don't really necessarily coexist with, say, you know, animals of colder climates or how you have kangaroos that is known to Australia and, not, to my knowledge, not anywhere else. Right. How in the world do you get all those animals in that span of time into the Ark and... You know, then afterwards they disperse back, mm-hmm. you know, and somehow survive, especially if you only have, I think, uh, one of each kind, you know? Well, why didn't more animals go extinct? This is a loaded question. Yeah. Be, be more than happy to turn this into a story time for all of us. But <laughs> I want to understand. No, yeah, <laughs> I really want to understand, you know, how the, the, the methods that could be used. All right. For a non-believer to understand now, um, how could these uh, animals be gathered? And then once they are released, be able to basically survive to the ecosystem that we have today. Mm-hmm. You ready for me to start? I am. Are you okay. Mark is set. And go. Okay, dokie. Off right. we are. Yes. Um, well, the the ark had the total volume of uh, 250 different boxcars. So if somebody wants to go to a railroad crossing somewhere where they have trains and count a train that goes through there with 250 cars, 
that would give you an idea of the total interior volume of the ark by description in scripture. Okay. Um, considering that if you were to take and fill those with cows, all 250 cars with cows, well, that's a lot of cows. Yeah. You know, because you'd be able to, you know, have a couple of different decks in those cars. Mm -hmm. And so the volume is not just the floor area, it's two or three floor areas. Yeah. Um, and if, in fact, the average dinosaur size was sheep size or smaller, now that size in a box car that we just visualized full of large cows, wow, all of a sudden we can get maybe 10 sheep. Well, maybe not that many. Let's be a little conservative for the audience. Six sheep per cow. Okay. So now we also can stack those less because they're not as tall. All right, so now you can shelve these animals in a way you never thought possible. Well, what about getting the animals to begin with? Are they well, that was all over the world. That no, that was God's job. Okay. He, uh, Noah didn't have to go get the animals. The the animals just all of a sudden started showing up. Yeah, you know, and all he did was leave the door open, and his he and his boys were putting these animals in different pens of correct size so predators lions lionesses just showed up with their own leash saying hey yes okay yeah (laughs) Uh, and uh all right the uh you know there was uh two of every kind now Mm -hmm. remember a kind is a wolf kind right you don't need 200 breeds of wolves you need one pair of wolves Mm -hmm. and in 200 years if you specialize breed that one pair of wolves Mm -hmm. through 200 years you will have every breed that we have now okay so that's that shows how that's one kind right all right same way with cows specialized breed well all of a sudden you don't need three dozen different breeds of cows you need one pair of cows yeah and then you do specialized breeding after the flood and then that's that's evidence of like maybe microevolution, right uh, correct. Okay. Yeah, they they would uh, they would change within their kind to be a Hereford or a milk cow or okay. or an Angus or whatever. Right. Um, getting a little hungry. I'm not gonna lie. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Um. So the largest dinosaurs they look huge in the pictures that we see of the skeletons put together and all that kind of stuff there's no denying there was very very large animals yeah hold on to be clear you're saying that dinosaurs were on the ark yeah okay all right i'm listening but they didn't need to be big they okay. could have been teenagers or even an egg or something right but they could have been an well, egg no they, they could have been an egg but there could have been some speculation of their survivability as well as an egg rather than yeah. having already been born and and then being yeah, able to eat a little bit more okay but uh yeah there was plenty of room on the ark for all the animals and they came to noah noah didn't have to go chase them down uh our god is a god of miracles 
He's also a God of mysteries, and there are certain things that he doesn't tell us what's going on. I don't care what nationality you are or what part of the earth you live on and what spiritual stories you have recorded. There's not going to be a complete record of what God's up to. That's his business, not ours. So in light of that, he's taking care of the miracle part. He's Mm -hmm. having the animals come. Right. He had man do his part when Noah built the ark. Okay, yeah. well, this plan looks like it's coming together to me. Yeah. Well, uh, there were two of each unclean kind. There were seven of each clean kind. So it wasn't a matter of, oh, is this group going to survive or not? You know, there's just some misunderstanding because the way they're it's taught in Sunday school class when you're a little kid or something. Um, but to fill the ark is not a problem. The the logistics of it, of course, is the fresh water, uh, which could have come from rain. There was some rain with the uh, the flood. Most of it was not. I think that the, prior to the flood, there was. Uh, it is recorded that the garden was watered by dew. Well, in order for it to be watered by dew there had to be a lot of moisture available in the atmosphere. And if there was a light cloud cover, which people can't say there's no such thing as a light cloud cover, everybody knows what it's like to have three hot days in a row, and then you get these high cirrus clouds, and it breaks up the sun just enough to where it's more comfortable than it was for three days. Okay. Well, if it was that way in perpetuum, because it states there was do watering the garden, then there would have been a, a natural blockage for UV light to come through the atmosphere as well. Yeah. And so there's all kinds of amazing things that are, are either happening or not happening during this period of time. And so we get all this water in there, the, the ark floats, the scripture says, I think it's, what, 18 fathoms above the highest? Did I get that right? Help well, me out you, here. You got me on that one. It may be as small as three. Anyway, yeah. it was enough for any one of us to stand on the highest point and drown. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, the, uh, the use of the flood to accomplish God's purpose, which was to get rid of all the sin, that was happening on the earth to reestablish mankind, obviously he would have uh, considered Noah as his chosen one. Just no different than Moses, uh, no different than Jesus, no different than Peter. And the further we come back into where we are at this time, it becomes understandable that God does what God does. Yeah, you're still going to have some Bible skeptics that are going to come in there and talk about how, his daughter, how his daughter raped their father. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There you, you know, go. Hey, there you go. Some, hey, there's some serious drama going on well, in Genesis. Uh, yeah. Well, whatever. Well, see, now that is a, a change in the genre of our justice system as well. You know, what is justice? What is right? What is yeah. wrong? We're going to have to yeah. save that part for another podcast. Okay, though. that's fine. Absolutely. That's fine. So, yes, it's very mysterious. Yeah. But, so Okay, now, now, now we've got the ark up, waters recede. Yeah. So God has pushed the mountains up. 
from this collision of the continents and stuff. So there's no need for as much water to be covering everything. It starts running off because yeah. of this increased elevation. The low points of the ocean start sinking down. And so it it gets all this and all those turbulence caused by that rapid moving water that occurred because these were not small things that were happening. Yeah. These were tsunamis that were a hundred foot high that were coming and washing across the continents and causing the silt to come off. All the plant life got torn loose by these tidal surges mm -hmm. and it starts floating because that's what plants do for yeah. a period of time. And so they sink after a period of time and there's still all this huge hydraulic movement under the water of currents and just all kinds of turmoil, earthquakes, and everything is going on still under the water. And so some of this material that was floating on the surface as uh, live plants originally, now they sink because they get waterlogged. Yeah. And then they get covered by more siltation from this water moving around. And then we end up with coal beds. Yeah. There's not much other logical explanation for the coal beds. Now, that alone, if we look at the geology of Grand Canyon, we all have seen this beautiful photography of these wonderful stratas in wildly different colors yeah. throughout the Grand Canyon. Yeah. But you look at that wall eight miles away and look at this wall, and those layers are the same, eight miles from each other. Oh, okay. Where's the coal? If this planet is billions of years old, surely there should be some coal runs between these billion-year-old stratas. Okay. And there ain't none. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, those are those are valid points. I won't tend to be an expert on OVEDs and different oh, layers. Me neither. Yes, yes. <laughs> and by the way, uh, don't you don't have to apologize for not being an expert on every single topic. Oh, believe because, me, if you want me to start apologizing. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah no, no. You haven't got that much time. Yeah, no, the uh, listeners are, you know, they're interested in the information, then by all means, they can definitely do some more digging. It's intriguing. Yeah, this this whole story, yeah. our, the scripture is intriguing. It's a yeah. wonderful adventure that that God has recorded enough for us to be able to take advantage of. Yeah. He's just a wonderful, caring, loving yeah. God. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah. And the thing is, um, you know, you're coming up with some very good explanations, you know, and really poking holes into uh, some of the uh, modern science arguments, especially when it comes to evolution as well, too. Um, they yeah. definitely have some explaining to sort of do on their end, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe for a future guest, I'll probably bring in somebody who's pro-evolution, who may be able well, to sure. um, add to the conversation. So um, you talked about dinosaurs, okay? Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's popular that dinosaurs were extinct many, many years ago. If you've seen the movie Jurassic Park, that's the only time they've come back. Mm -hmm. um, I know I've heard about some dinosaur sighting out in the Congo, but really not going to get into that. Uh, the the videos that I've seen weren't super credible um, as far as that's concerned, but apparently dinosaurs are not that far-fetched when it comes to the Bible. Apparently the Bible at least mentions dinosaurs, and you also talked about, well, it mentioned the description of what we would consider to be a dinosaur today. Right. 
And then um, uh, you also talked about, you know, some teenage or baby dinosaurs that are on the ark. Uh, so, like, talk to me for, like, how could dinosaurs exist with humans or exist with mankind? Well, one of the lines that I find intriguing in the scripture is that uh, animals, dinosaurs, bison, elephants, all of them, mm -hmm. before the flood, they had no fear of man. That's recorded in Scripture. Okay. It's also recorded that God put the fear of man in the animals after the flood. So what would that cause the animals to do that were in the ark other than the clean domestic animals that they were going to keep as herds and such? it make them run away. Mm. Okay. And I think that we could walk across this continent in probably about six or seven months. And if these animals are breeding as they go, and a lot of herding animals are witness to that that's the way they operate, mm -hmm. uh, then we could see that they could still fill the earth uh, even if they had to walk. Okay. So that means that man could fill the earth, even if he had to walk. And these animals, even though there were uh, uh, mats of floating vegetation in the flood, there may have been bamboo, which does not saturate, that would have clustered from a very large forest, and these animals could have climbed on those mats. Mm-hmm and gone to Australia. But there was only two of them went there. Okay. And they were called kangaroos. Yeah. And now the only place they live is in Australia. Okay. Or the Tasmanian devil. Sure. Or whatever. I mean, these are not far-fetched so, yeah. pie-in-the-sky analysis. Yeah. You so know, you're talking about how the Earth sort of repopulated itself with animals of each kind. It's possible, after sure. After the flood. But yeah. more specifically, dinosaurs, though. Like, um, well, there are a lot of animals. Okay, we don't have dinosaurs as we think we know them. There's, there's a lot of animals. There's over 200 or over 100 of them found every year of new live species. So... To say that we know what's everything that's to know on this earth is a flat-out lie. Okay. okay. So we don't know. That's the truth. Let's speak the truth. We don't know. Even with all our satellite technology. That's right. It's probably because they're not looking for them. I'm not saying they couldn't. <laughs> but the... the I mean, we did find like Osama bin Laden. Well, yeah. Hey, and he was hiding. Yeah, man. We, we found Saddam Hussein hiding yep. under a piece of rock or something. Yep. I don't know what he was doing, you know? But, we found uh, a lot and we haven't... Yeah, yeah if these animals... A, yeah, if these animals know, are now afraid of mankind, yeah. just as stated in Scripture, and they can hide. Okay. They know how to hide. They also know how to camo. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've tried to find deer out in a grassy field, and you just can't see them because they look like the grass. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah. these things are all contributing to what we see in the world today. Some of these things that are mysterious to me, uh, quick story, okay, just to make it uh, an illustration that needs to be made. My grandpa had 
a general store in a small town on the western side of Illinois when he was, well, I guess it was before the, the Second World War. There was a man in that town that made his living as a bounty hunter. Now, that sounds weird, but a bounty hunter was taking animals that had a bounty on their head because they were killing livestock and whatnot, and the government actually did this. Yeah. He brought one in one day, an animal. He said, I don't know what this is, so he's talking to the guys that were chewing the fat sitting in front of the store. And there was a guy there from Pennsylvania. Well, Pennsylvania is a very, very long way from Illinois, mm -hmm. especially the west side of Illinois. Illinois is actually almost as wide as it is tall. Mm -hmm. People look at the height and they say, wow, that's, that's a skinny state. No, it's not. It's very big. <laughs> the point is, this animal that, that the bounty hunter found was identified as a woodchuck, a mm. groundhog. Now, I need somebody in the research of biology to tell me how a, a stinking groundhog can migrate from Pennsylvania to where the only guy that knew what that was moved to this small town about 10 years before and knew what it was because he was from Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. That means that groundhog species had to make its way all the way from Pennsylvania crossing rivers, valleys, low spots, high spots, mountains, hills, uh, forests, you yeah. name it. Yeah. The prairie, even, it had to cross the entire prairie of Illinois. That's yeah. huge, I'm telling you. I've yeah. been there. Right, right. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. He got to this little country town in 10 years, and it had to be a breedable population mm. for him to make it. Yeah. So if we think that it's hard for these animals to migrate the way we are curious about them in the flood, yeah. you're not alone in that. I am too. Obviously, I've spent a lot of time thinking about some of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, because I'm thinking about like kangaroos and then you have like penguins that are up in um, polar caps and stuff like right. that. You know? But they've probably adapted because at some mm -hmm. time or another, okay. there probably wasn't an ice cap okay. on the poles until okay. after the flood. Okay, and right. so that everything that we see that we're panicking about, these ice flows and stuff diminishing, it just means the earth is returning to what it was. There's no change here that we have to be concerned about mm. because everything, oh man, the, the plant life and the animal life that was here on this earth before the flood, we can't even imagine. Yeah, and then my final question, and see if you can answer this in less than 15 seconds. Oh. <laughs> Bob did me in. Okay. Ah, right. So the, the question is, do dinosaurs exist today? Yes. Okay. You we have it. alligators here, don't we? <laughs> don't we? That is true. We, we have iguanas, don't we? That is true. That yeah, is I mean, and true. most dinosaurs were smaller than a sheep. Okay, gotcha. So if we classify these things correctly, yeah. and there's no reason for us to disbelieve even the medieval stories about people slaying dragons. They're mm. a perfect description of a dinosaur. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, just, you know, these people didn't weren't able to make all this stuff up. Yeah. They had to see it. And then, of course, uh, to kind of keep this a little biblical, there was a description of, uh, of 
a dinosaur in the Bible, right? Yeah, what does it, what does it one say? Of his, Do one you of them the verse is, or the chapter or the book or whatever. Uh, it's in the book of Job, towards the very end when God is describing mm -hmm. uh, what He has done. Okay. So it's easy to isolate it, but there there's uh, one called Leviathan, mm -hmm. and the other one is called Behemoth. Now, there's, Behemoth, that's like an elephant, though, right? Um. Actually, I would like debate a that. Like mammoth or something like that, right? Um, yeah, but it, uh, no. No? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have the tail of a cedar. Okay. A cedar tree is not a small tree. Yeah. And it does describe this thing. And yes, because of our lack of knowledge, once upon a time in the footnotes of a lot of Bibles that mm -hmm. were uh, not knowing that much about dinosaurs, labeled it as a hippopotamus or an elephant. I've seen both those. Got you. And uh, there's just no way that description matches an yeah. elephant. You know, especially if you're going to go for the elephant, mm -hmm. it's notable that it has a trunk, and it doesn't mention anything about a trunk either. So, yeah, right, you know. right. Okay, cool. So now, uh, if anything, we're going to have to wrap up this uh, podcast episode okay. right here, or at least take a break, let's call it that. And, um, you know, we just finished talking about the floods and then we even touched about dinosaurs, which coexisted with mankind. And, you know, according to Dave, uh, we have dinosaurs here today. They're alligators um, <laughs> and other reptiles. Well, and now, so that's forth. not according to me only. All right, I mean, not according to Dave. You've only. seen an alligator. Now, according, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. Okay. yeah. According, to right. according to Dave, his friends and most Floridians. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, they definitely believe in uh, dinosaurs. You've just listened to another episode of Beyond Sermons. Uh, if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and get notified. God bless and stay tuned.